Welcome to the Swine Health Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine health research digested for you. Swine Health Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Essential Ag Solutions, bringing innovative science-based solutions to livestock producers. United Animal Health, scientifically better. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Get your full value from start to finish with Ilanco. At JBI, we apply biosecurity innovation and expertise to keep your operations safe. Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. My name is Dr. Clayton Johnson, and I'm the host of the podcast. Joining me for this week's edition is Dr. Adam Mueller. Dr. Mueller is the co-owner of Swine Services Unlimited Incorporated in Rice, Minnesota. Dr. Mueller, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Clayton. Well, please uh, give the folks a little bit of an introduction if folks haven't met you before. Who are you? What do you do in the industry? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a veterinarian. I'm, as Clayton mentioned, co-owner of Swine Services Unlimited, uh, Inc. in Rice, Minnesota. We uh, do uh, consulting with swine producers and uh, and also do some research. have a few facilities that we dedicate solely to research to help uh, advance the industry on new products and whatnot. Um, so that's kind of a quick and dirty background. JBI helps swine producers fight against harmful pathogens with the forming power of D7 disinfectant. JBI helps treat or prevent costly outbreaks and assure eco-friendly biosecurity on farm and transport. Safe and effective against PED, PRRS, E. coli, salmonella, and other illness-causing pathogens. D7 is non-toxic, providing a safer environment for your employees, low corrosive to equipment, and breaks down biofilms. Learn more at jbidistributors.com. Adam, as I understand it, you've been dealing with some uh, sapovirus cases. Yep. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, what sapovirus is and how it's impacted the pigs that you've seen. Sure, sure. Yep. So, um, have a couple of cases. Um, one's a little more advanced than the other, and the one's a little more uh, just starting to occur and whatnot with uh, sapovirus. And so, just kind of what I've seen or what I've dealt with um, on both of these cases is there's two different types of presentations that I've seen or noticed uh, with uh, sapovirus. And the first one is, is in farrowing, um, we'll see some piglet scours close to that eight to 12 days of age. Um, it'll appear, you know, a lot of people get it confused with maybe some rotavirus scours, even potentially some coccidia scours, things like that. Um, we don't see uh, a high mortality on the piglets or anything, but definitely can tell the litters that uh, get affected, they get set back pretty significantly. Um, and so that's kind of the first initial uh, presentation. The second one is out in the nursery phase. So what we'll see there is usually sometime between about three to seven days post waning, start to see uh, a pretty high prevalence of scours throughout the nursery um, once again, gets pretty easily confused with some rotavirus or uh, um, E. coli or something like that, and one of your typical post-weaning uh, uh, diarrheas. And so that's kind of the two clinical pictures I've been seeing and dealing with. Adam, have you seen the nursery uh, flow impacted from sow farms that also see clinical sides in the farrowing? Or does it seem like within a pig flow, it's one or the other? You see it in farrowing, they'll recover from it, and you don't have the issues with the nursery. 
Yeah. So I would say it to me, just in my personal experience, um, at this point, it's been one or the other. So either you deal with it as an issue in farrowing and don't necessarily have an issue in the nursery, um, or you deal with it a little more prevalent in the nursery. I think most producers that have dealt with it have probably had more experience with it on the farrowing side. Um, as, as you've seen it in the nursery, Adam, what kind of triggered you to ultimately diagnose it? What made you think, well, this is something that needs to be worked up and we chased the, the horses, so to say, couldn't find that and then ended up at SAPO virus, which at least on the nursery side, maybe a little bit of a zebra for some folks. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, you know, uh, doing necropsies and diagnostics and looking at what, you know, potential causes could be and kind of ruling out some of our other, um, you know, potential causes. And then getting, you know, tissues to match uh, with changes associated with SAPO virus. So those have been kind of the, the you know, <clears throat> ways to work backwards to, to get there. Gross lesions on those nursery pig necropsies, anything that's obvious when you cut those up and start to look at the intestines that you can share with folks that may be doing necropsies is kind of tips to look for? Sure, yep. Not really uh, a lot of obvious lesions, you know, similar to rotavirus, we'll see some, you know, a little thinner walled intestines and colon and whatnot, a little more watery stools in there. So, yeah. How about on the diagnostic side? Um, uh, what sort of test did you request to try to rule out the other pathogens and, and nail down the SAPO virus here? Yep, yep. So do histopath to look at the lesions and changes and then PCR to see, you know, uh, what type of level or, or uh, you know, what challenge we have from SAPO virus. And then also looking at ruling out some of the other things like we talked about, the rotaviruses and E. coli's and whatnot. So have you seen mixed infections for the most part in the nursery or are you finding the other bugs too, or no, we really see everything negative except for the SAPO virus? Nope. You'll see mixed infections. Yep. And then in those cases, it's severe, <laughs> can be okay. severe. Yep. Yep. So mixed infections have been kind of, can be with the same things. You know, I've seen uh, in a couple of cases, rotavirus on top of the SAPO virus, as well as some salmonella. <laughs> so and when we kind of work those cases up and, and go back to the sow farm, um, you know, what we'll find uh, is we'll find some rotavirus. Um, sometimes we may or may not find any sequel virus at that time, and we don't usually find salmonella. So I have to assume in most cases that salmonella is coming secondary maybe to the uh, GI challenge from the rota and or virus or both. Within that pig flow, do you see the SAPO virus challenge pretty consistently? Like if the flow's got it, it pops up every site, or does it seem to be more site-specific? Um, I would say that it tends to, in some cases, be a little more site-specific. So an example is is with this particular flow that I've been dealing with lately, we have two uh, nursery sites that all the pigs go to. One is a hotel-style nursery with continuous flow, about uh, 7,000 pigs on that site. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is a all-in-all-out uh, uh, all uh, 3,000 nursery site. So that site, the all-in-all-out, tends to be a little less prevalent versus the um, continuous flow site. Yep. That certainly makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Anything you found other than the tincture of time for treatment? So you got a barn full of these pigs that are having issues. And I should, let's open this up to farrowing as well. But I got litters or I got rooms that are scouring. Have you found anything rewarding for treatment? Um, or is tincture of time the best treatment because it's a virus? 
Yeah, yep. So to look at the, you know, clinical picture from the sow farm and whatnot, what we've gone to is we've gone to uh, utilizing uh, sequivity vaccine twice uh, pre-feral to help uh, build up maternal antibodies to reduce the uh, clinical infection on the piglets. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, concentrated lime uh, on the on the mats and the crates, things like that to help dry up and uh, reduce overall viral uh, load. What's your timing on that sequivity vaccine pre-feral? Yep. So the timing that I've utilized has been um, five and two weeks pre-feral. And a, a tenth of a dose, a quarter of a dose? Not full dose. Full dose. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And then um, how about on the uh, the nursery side? Is there anything you're doing for sites uh, with vaccine or, or Lyme on the nursery side? Yeah, so on the nursery side, it's been a little more of a challenge, you know, trying to, um, you, you know, on these continuous hotel-style nurseries, trying to do things more by at least if uh, if we can't do it by nursery, by by room, you know, as far as chores, boots, things like that, to reduce some infection, uh, making sure washing, disinfecting between each group is getting done uh, efficiently um, and effectively, and then trying to do more supportive care uh, if a group does break with uh, uh, virus. So looking at, um, you know, things like uh, we utilize balance, which is electrolyte, you know, stress and dehydration uh, support. So, you know, you mentioned the, uh, the Lyme. Anything else disinfectant-wise that you've found to be helpful or not so helpful in controlling sapovirus specifically? I wouldn't say there's been any one sower bullet or any one fail as far as that goes. Yeah. Yep. It seems like for the most part, the, the washing and, you know, making sure you do a good job there has been critical. Yeah. Okay. Nor- normal, relatively normal cleanup protocols, maybe with some lime thrown in there seems to be pretty reasonable. Yep. Yep. And have you tried any vaccine in growing pigs? Have you tried vaccinating them at weaning or anything like that? Have not tried that yet. Nope. United Animal Health has been innovating nutrition that feeds the animals that feed the world since 1956. Now a multinational ag biosciences company, we help people impact the health of their animals with less labor, less variation, less drag, less challenge, and less natural resources. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Adam, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you sharing your experiences on managing sapovirus with us. Uh, to to our audience, thank you very much for joining us uh, on the Swine Health Black Belt podcast. If you haven't been to our website, please go and check it out at swinehealthblackbelt.com. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on our next episode. For Dr. Adam Mueller, I'm Dr. Clayton Johnson. Thanks for joining us and have a great rest of your Hey, everybody. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. If you have a swine health-related research trial and would like to come on the show and talk about it, share it with us, please feel free to email the research to hello at wisenetics.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at W-I-S-E-N-E-T-I-X dot com.